these are the Andersons. Do you love the Andersons? Uh-uh, it's not loud enough. Do you love the Andersons? All right, all right. Well, you're loved, guys. These are your friends. These are people who love you. And uh, you might not have seen Kathy that much lately because she's been uh, working very hard doing some exams and so on. Kathy, can you just share with us your journey and God's goodness in this season? First, I have to get used to my voice. <laughs> my lesson and discipline started 11 years ago, but I won't go through the whole 11 years. When I agreed to marry Sean and I wasn't in love with him and he wasn't in love with me yet. We had been talking for five days and decided we would get married. <laughs> and we were talking on the internet over the emails and SMSing. So I hadn't even seen him. I wasn't sure. If, I mean, I knew him as a child, but I wasn't sure if he was that good looking anymore. So. <laughs> but the Lord started his message with me regarding discipline and how I'm sure you all know there are scriptures in the Bible that refer to sacrifice not being as big as discipline. Discipline is key. Obedience is key. So um, he started my lesson and my, my walk with regards to obedience. And um, a few years ago, I started the process of trying to pr promote myself and trying to get to the top of the financial and the career ladder. And the Lord dropped me. And he said, no. You don't promote yourself, I promote you. So I had to go from what I thought was a pretty good position all the way down to a position I'd never been in before. And it was, it was a very hard lesson regarding pride and it's all about me. And he started- How many years ago was this? When was this? Four years ago or so? Yeah. Okay. When, yeah, I don't mm. want to say which company. Yes, that, so. but about four years ago, yeah. so they know. Okay. So then he, he, he dropped me and I had to start, we started scratching for money and it was a very difficult time for us. And then, um, and then I relented again, like I did when I, married, when I agreed to marry Sean. I relented and I said, okay, well, God, then you promote me. And Pastor had been speaking about... Um, changing directions and careers. Now, I don't think that that's the Lord's intention for everybody, but I was trying to become a financial director through SEMA, and it wasn't the Lord's plan. And I was failing, and it was very bad for me, and my self-esteem was dropping and all that. Um, and so I relented, and I said, well, okay, Lord, then let's go the discipline route, and we'll do what you say. And he moved me back into insurance. And he gave me a new vision for insurance. I know insurance sounds very boring for pretty much 99% of the world. But he's made it so exciting and so valid and so scriptural for me. It's such a, it's, it's a, it's a eye-opener if you could see insurance the way I see it. But never mind. Can you I'm lay not, hands on me, please? I'm so not selling it at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to sell myself. But anyway, so I started the process in insurance. And in South Africa, there's a lot of legislation around whether you may or may not sell insurance and wh whether you've reached certain levels. And uh, it's the same as if you wanted to be, I don't know, anything. I suppose mm. you need to go through the steps. And you need to make sure that you are um, accredited in the correct way. Otherwise, you will see yourself in jail perhaps or whatever. So I started the steps and um, it, like I say, insurance is not exci exciting for everybody, but I went the discipline route and the obedient route and God started showing me 
his love for insurance. You know, he created it. Anyway, I won't go there. But, (laughs) um, and since that, I've had to study, I've had to go through the steps of getting to where you need to be in order to sell it and all that. And then um, a few months ago, I was, um, I think it was a month or two ago, no, let's go back. In January, I was offered a new position as underwriter, but the company I work for sort of were dragging their heels. The wheel turns kind of slow. And um, in the meantime, another company offered me a job for 50% more of my salary, so I was like, shh. So, but I didn't feel it, you know, when the Lord's just not in it. So I went to my boss and I said, so I've got this. And I kind of like that salary. So they said, oh, okay, we'll match that. And they betted it. <laughs> and then, um, which is great because now I'm still not accredited, but they've got my back and they're giving me my own book and I'll be, my own, I'll be a broker from tomorrow onwards. Tell us a bit about your journey with the exams and how many exams you've had to do in a short space of time. Tell us a bit about that. Right, so um, I was given a year to do it. There's a a whole lot of, it's called phase, I'm sure some of you know what it is, but I had sort of broken the rules in 2004 when it first came out, so I had one year to complete it. And everybody else. How many exams is that? One year to do how many exams? I had 27. 27 exams. So you complain about the one exam you've got this week. 27 exams in one year. Yeah, I only found out though recently I was exempted for four, so I've only got three left. So we'll bring that down a bit. 24. Yeah, so. Okay. But I did them, and you know, it is hard when you have children and, and. husband and work and all that it's very hard (laughs) but but my pastor was very kind to let me not come to church so I could study on Sundays (laughs) don't get ideas now (laughs) anyhow um, but the message I really want to encourage you with is that when we are obedient to God and my children will tell you I'm not always obedient I don't get it right but when you are and when you have God's glory the first and foremost thought in your head you cannot fail Mm. if it's about me and I am really clever and look how well I've done then I'm likely to fail but when it's about him Mm. when it's about his name his glory his honor you walk you it is impossible to fail and the second thing I want you to know is that, like I said earlier, I don't think it's everybody's thing, but I know that Pastor had been speaking about a changing career because the Lord placed it on his heart. And he is an obedient pastor and speaks what he must say. And he had said it a number of times where it's very possible the Lord will change your direction. Mm-hmm. He's changed my direction, but it could only happen when I said, well, oh, okay. Powerful. has to be obedient. You have to understand that God's directions, he has the whole map. We only see the alley that we're scared of at the end of the road. Amen. So, Praise God. You Thank you so much, guys. Thank you so much. 
You know, what's so powerful? Can you see how this is tying up, tying in with the offering message, just about obedience? Often we think our breakthrough is because of the prayer we prayed. And somehow we think there's this magic formula and we just pray the prayer and voila, it happens. But it has to be mixed with obedience. Amen? Faith and obedience go hand in hand. And if you guys want to just speak to this couple and they can give you more details about what they've been through. Uh, I think you heard Sean's testimony uh, some months ago just about the job he was believing for. And we prayed, said to him, what are you believing for? And he wanted something down the road from where he lives. He says, I want this and I want it to be a promotion. Do you remember that testimony? Some of you were here, right? And they live in the Henops Park area and he said, we want something around here where we live. What are the chances? Come on, what are the chances, guys? He is um, he's over 40s, in his mid-40s. Uh, he's, you know, a paler complexion than many of you here right um he was believing god for a promotion um and he got a job down the road from where he lives and um it was a, a senior level that he's never had before you know and that was an amazing testimony look what's happening with his wife now amen I decree over you that there's a blessing for you and your household. It won't just be for the wife. It won't just be for the husband. It won't just be for the children. It will hit all of you. Amen. Isn't God good? <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, for the next testimony, would you please welcome Mr. Tendai Manumwa. <clears throat> Who here loves... Tendai Manyumwa. Who here feels like this gentleman is their friend? <laughs> These are your friends, my brother. These are your friends. They love you and your smile and who you are. <laughs> Such faithful people. Um, Mr. Manyumwa, can you just share with us um, the space that you've been in in recent years in terms of your business? And can you also explain the nature of your business, what you guys do? Uh, thank you, Pastor Paul, and good morning, church. Good morning. Um, I, I must say this before I go ahead, um, and please forgive me. I'm not a public speaker. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you are now. You are from today. Come on, clap for so, him. So if you hear me, if you hear me stammering, please just forgive me. Okay, uh, I'll come back. Uh, to your question, Pastor Paul. Um, I just want to thank God um, for what he's been doing in my life and uh, in the life of my family and business. We started our business in 2013. We didn't know where we were going and uh, we just saw God's provision um, providing us for work and everything until last year. Um, we are land surveyors. Uh, we do work in the built, uh, built environment. And um, last year, mid last year, uh, things just started slowing down. We don't know why. Uh, we got worried that uh, what is going to happen to, to, to us, to our children, and all that. Uh, we were mostly getting work from, from Sandra. We were getting tenders there, but all of a sudden, it stopped. And they were giving us consistent uh, income. But from July, Things started slowing down, and um, we started panicking. We didn't know what, what was going to, to happen. Of course, we were praying. So guys, I just want you to understand something. So sometimes you see people coming to church. You see them driving their mercs 
or their Ford Rangers or whatever vehicle it is, and you might be thinking things are always great, but you're hearing what he's saying, right? Business was slowing down in July, right? They went through stuff. They had cars written off or stolen or, you know, various things like that, right, happening. But watch this space. Okay, and then, um, of course, we were praying, uh, but we, we didn't know what was going to happen. And um, I think the past, the past two, two weeks, uh, there were testimonies in church. And then it kind of poked me. Um, and then I was reminded of the, uh, the story of the ten lepers. Then I started searching myself and searching what God had been doing in my life. And then I remembered uh, that exactly on 30 December uh, last year, Pastor Paul sent me a WhatsApp. Um, he said, uh, Mr. Manuma, um, there is a colleague of mine uh, who, who is asking for people uh, who do RDP projects. Then I said, yes, it is our space, but we normally work as a consortium with other professionals. Then I contacted that gentleman. Then in, instead of him uh, giving us work, it turned out to be um, a funder for projects. Then obviously it was out for me. Then I said, then I went back to Pastor Paul. I said, Pastor Paul, I contacted him, but unfortunately his, his business is into funding projects and I, I, that's not our space. Then Pastor Paul wrote back to me, he said, but I had a dream from God giving you that, that project. That was on 30 December last year. And then after the testimonies um, these past weeks, I then remembered that sometime in January, a gentleman uh, that I used to work with had requested for a quotation from me to provide them with, uh, with work uh, in the pre-design pre survey work, which I did not give him because I thought, ah, this guy, he hasn't given me work in the past uh, 12 months. He wants to use me. So I didn't respond. <laughs> then about three weeks ago, the guy phones me. He said, Tendai, are you, are you busy? I want you on site. There's an RDP house project that we are doing here in Gauteng. Share with them how many houses? It's about 4,000 to 5,000 units that they want to build. And then it was too good for me to be true. <laughs> then I said, uh, my friend, I can't just come uh, on site. I think let's have a meeting. Then we, I went for a meeting. I think it was after church. Then I said, tell me about this project. Then he said, Tendai, um, last week as a company, we were sent to do um, a health, health check. And this BP was around more than 100 over, about 200, 100 and something over, uh, above 100 again, which was too high. Then I said, why? He said, Tendai, this project is uh, stressing me. I've got money that I want to spend on this project, but I can't because I need a surveyor to get the project starting. He had contractors, but they didn't know how to, to start the work. And then he said, can you come and then start the project for us? He had about four contractors on site. So we started... Um, and then he was excited, the project was starting to move now, then he was happy that at least the problem that he had of spending money, it's over now. And then he said, because he was happy with us, he said, now I'm appointing you 
to be the surveyor for the whole project, for the, uh, for the roads, uh, for the sewer articulation, for the water, for the demarcation of the, of the properties. So I just want to thank God uh, for that because we were so worried uh, that what's going to happen for, uh, to us, the children are at school, and we have got employees, and I didn't want even to share with my employees that things are tight because I didn't want to demoralize them. So I was just putting on a, a hard face that everything is normal, but <laughs> it was tough. But I just thank God that at least we have got something big enough to, to sustain us maybe in the coming uh, uh, 12 months or so. Praise God. Yeah. <laughs> I want to just pray for you. I want to pray for you. Father, we thank you for what you've done in the Manyumwa's lives. We thank you, Father God, for your faithfulness. We thank you for increase, and we thank you that you're receiving all the glory and all the honor. Right now, I pray for an overtaking anointing. Right now, I decree the spirit of acceleration that will raise him up. And I announce over you that what God has opened up, no man can shut. What God has promoted, no man can demote. And godly riches do not bring sorrow. So this project will be a blessing. You're in a place of immunity, immunity from harm from the enemy. And this is just the beginning. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Aren't you glad he shared that? You know, sometimes what happens is when people don't like speaking in front of people or get nervous and so on, it can actually rob us as a congregation. Imagine you had never heard that testimony. Amen? So with all these people, I'm saying, come forward, come forward, come and share um, for the sake of the people. Praise God. All right. So um, I, want to, I want to share with you a scripture, Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20. It says, early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa. Say Tekoa. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Watch this, watch this. Have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld. Have faith in who? In the Lord your God and you'll be what? You'll be upheld. Now he doesn't leave it there. Have faith in his prophets and you'll be successful. You see, some people are like, I'll just trust God. I'll just trust God. And then when a prophetic word comes forward, it's like, hey, ah, but no, these guys are. But the Bible says, have faith in the Lord and you'll be upheld. Other translations say, and you will be established. But then it goes on to say, have faith in his prophets that God can use people. Have faith in his prophets and you will succeed. Some translations say, and you will prosper. There's a link between your prosperity and your belief in the word of the Lord. Obviously, all prophecy should be judged. But let's not be skeptical about these things. Can you see that in both these testimonies that have just come forward, there was something that was spoken to them. The word of God was continuously being released to them. And based on the word that they received, they said, no, what? I might be feeling this way, but I'll trust in God. I might not trust these people. They seem to be dubious, but I'll trust in God. Faith comes through hearing, and hearing comes from the word of God. And there's a hearing through the written word, but there's also the hearing through the word of prophecy. 
Are you hearing me this morning? And some of you need to go back to some of those prophetic words that you've received, certain things that have been declared over you. And you need to say, let me wage war according to the prophecy. Amen. All right? If you look at the situation with Kathy, it wasn't a natural situation. She was shifting gears into something that might not have been that well known to her. Right? If you look at Tendai Manyumwa, it wasn't a natural situation. He was like, mm, I think some of these people are dubious, and yet he pressed through, and look what happened. Amen. All right? I like it in the King James Version. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. God is good. Okay. I want to call up uh, my wife, Pastor Tracy. Yes, you. <laughs> She's looking shocked, surprised, and so on. No, no. Yeah, she said, I thought I'll be last or something. All right. Um, so, so, Trace, I call her Trace. You call her Pastor Tracy, Prophetess Tracy, whatever you want to call her. Right. Can you share, yeah, with, ooh, can you share with us your journey, please? Um, she plays three different instruments. She plays piano, she plays guitar, and she also plays the cello. And um, around the time we had our, we were three boys, around the time we had Samuel, that's when she actually started seriously taking up the cello. So she's an example of someone who, in her latter years, in her more recent years, took up an additional instrument. Amen. Amen. All right, it's never too late. Amen. Can you share with us your experience with the cello and, and what happened, your journey there? Yeah, well, I love the cello, I love the sound of it, and I took it up, um, and you know, I don't like to do things in half measures, if any of you know me. <laughs> She's an all or nothing person, if she does but something, she does it 100%, okay. um, 110%. So, I thought, okay, well, I'm going to do exams and everything, and then I did exams, and I got to about, I got to doing grade 6, and it just so happened, they moved the exams, so I had to do my whole of grade 6 in about 4 months. And so I was practicing a lot, about four hours plus a day. And in the process of doing that, I developed an injury in my neck. Um, and it was really painful uh, down my neck, down my arm. And um, uh, I also love to exercise. I love to run. And I actually had to stop running because of the neck injury and because of what I was going through. And I saw so many specialists, so many doctors and physio, you know, physio and this one and this one and... And eventually they said to me, you know what, you are going to have to stop running and you are never going to run again in your life. Basically, that's it. So I was quite traumatized by that. Um, yeah, that's my space. That's my therapy space. I don't need counseling. I need exercise. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, so uh, that was that. And then um, eventually I, I actually uh, stopped I've stopped cello now for a while. I'll take it up again at some point, but I think the cello was the wrong size or something. Anyway, um, so in the process, I had to lay down cello and so forth. Um, and my husband had a dream, and he said you know, of me swimming. And I mean, I used to be a competitive swimmer in school. I used to swim a lot, but I haven't swum for a long time. And I was like, okay, that's interesting, swimming. Um, and he added again, and he said, my love, I have a word for you. I think you need to swim. So he, he gave it to me twice, and... Um, uh, so I thought, okay, well, let me start swimming. And then I did a bit She's of swimming. She's an obedient wife. <laughs> well, he had to tell me twice. But anyway, um, so I was like, okay, I started swimming. And I started cycling, you know. 
Um, and then I started doing a little bit of running, and it was okay after I was swimming. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm a bit goal-oriented, so I like to train for something, so that if I'm going to do this, then I might as well train for a race. So let me train for a triathlon, and I'm doing a bit of running, and it's okay. Can you um, tell us, can you explain to them just the link between your swimming and you going to your club, the club that you... Okay, so I started swimming, and then started cycling, and then... It was okay to run. I was like, okay, well, they said I'll never run again, but I'm swimming now, and it's fine. I can run. And I was trusting God for healing, and it, God was coming through. And it was one of those things where it didn't happen overnight. But as I swam, and as I was going through the weeks, I was able to run again, and I was pain-free. And um, I met some ladies at school, and I met some ladies at the gym, and they were part of a triathlon club. And I thought, okay, well, if I'm going to train for a triathlon, let me join the club. And so I joined a triathlon club and started training like that. Can you explain to everyone what a triathlon is? Do you all know what a triathlon is? I've met yeah. a number of people who don't know. Okay. It's a race, like a running race, but you do a swim and then a cycle and then a run. Yeah. Straight after each other. No breaks. <laughs> yeah. So, so what I think what is so amazing for me and what the testimony is about is that um, I was told by medical professionals I will never run again in my life. And that was very traumatic for me. If you love to do something, you'll know what that means. And I think for my husband, it was probably also traumatic because when I'm irritable, not that I ever get irritable, <laughs> but when I'm otherwise, he says, my love, I think you should go for a run. <laughs> so it was probably also traumatic for him. She'll never run again. <laughs> he was like, oh no, what am I going to do? <laughs> you know? But you know what? Um, I started swimming, and as I went, as I was swimming, God healed me. And to a point now where I'm doing races, I can run 21Ks, absolutely no pain, pain-free. And um, yeah. Okay, now guys, you know what's amazing about God? People can tell you one thing, but the question is whose report shall you believe? And the fact of the matter is she didn't believe the doctor's report. She didn't. That's the key thing. They said what they said, but I know she didn't believe it. She refused it. Yeah. Okay, she's a woman of faith, and she refused it. And now I want you to see the level of triathlon that she's doing. Okay, <laughs> because she's not like just one of those guys in the background doing those triathlons. Please understand that when, when we're talking the distances, there's standard triathlon, then there's the half Ironman. Now with the half Ironman that she did recently, it's basically 1.9K swim. Then you go straight into a... 90k cycle 90k cycle so guys say oh we're doing the 94.7 and so on no but she would have done a 1.9k swim just before that then afterwards a 21k run okay so it's another level these guys they, they're like machines and so on it's like a complete it's a different breed of people that's what i've experienced <laughs> like i don't quite get it um justin can you just show some of the pictures please have you got the pictures for for of her all right um so what's happened is basically um, the recent one that she ended up doing in Durban, she, um, she then made it through to world champs. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> she made it through to world champs. So 1st of September, please remember us in prayer, Saturday the 1st of September, she'll be in Port Elizabeth competing at the world champs. Um, wow triathlon so isn't that amazing <laughs> awesome 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 okay we'll show you some pics just now we'll show you some pics just now um 
And I want to I just share a bit of revelation around this. One of, the, one of the quotes I like is, happiness begins between your ears. Happiness begins within your ears. She's very strong mentally, right? And for her, it was a choice. Your mind is the drawing room for your circumstances. Your mind is the drawing room for your circumstances. And so my question to you is, when people say you can't do it, are you going to believe them? In Isaiah chapter 53, verse 1, who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? You see, to have God reveal his powerful arm to you, you have to believe his report. Some of you have weighed so heavily other people's reports. Your mood is controlled too much by your boss's opinion of you. God is taking us to a place where his word is alive and active in our lives to a point where despite our circumstances, we rise up and we redefine our future, we shape our future based on his word. I don't know about you, but God's word is my reality. God's word is my reality. I love what Frank L. Gaines said. Only he who can see the invisible can do the impossible. Only he who can see the invisible can do the impossible. Isn't that powerful? I like what, do you guys remember Jackie Joyner Kersey? Do you guys remember her? She was the, a great um, heptathlete in the United States. She's a Christian also. She says, age is no barrier. It's a limitation you put on your mind. Sometimes when it comes to these things, we've limited ourselves too much by what, uh, what our age is. Guys, it's never too late. It's never too late. Pat Tyson said something powerful. Number one is just to gain a passion for running. To love the morning, to love the trail, to love the pace on the track. And if some kid gets really good at it, that's cool too. So it's not about whether you won a race or not and so on. It's about finding something you enjoy, you know? Isn't it interesting that, first of all, when Kathy looked at insurance, she was like, oh, how can you enjoy this? And then God gave her a love for it. And people who are strong when it comes to some of these things, uh, athletes, etc., they'll tell you that, you know what? At a certain point, discipline turns into delight. First, you have to discipline yourself to do it, but at a certain point, it becomes delight. Isn't that powerful? All right? I want to call up for the next testimony. I would like to call up Juan, please. Our brother, Juan Koch. Please come up, my brother and my sister, Cindy. Look at the matching. Ah! <laughs> you know what? In my mind, I said, look at the matching. And then I heard a voice saying, colored people. <laughs> but it didn't come out. <laughs> um, you can use this. Okay. I think it's already on here. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, thank you. Thank you, everybody. Uh, good morning, everybody, and thank you, everybody. Uh, thank you, Pastor Paul and Pastor Tracy and Pastor uh, uh, Stewart and Pastor uh, Taffy, uh, Taffy uh, Pastor Vimbai. Thank you very much for this opportunity. Uh, I've been struggling to get uh, the pastors of this church to get me here to talk about what God has done in our life, uh, especially with regard to uh, addictions. When we joined the church last year, June, 
um, I had a very bad habit uh, of smoking. Um, so the thing is, I've, I've got this uh, uh, thing that I don't care what people think. Um, and so... Is uh, everyone listening? Yes. Everyone listening, this is very powerful. Yeah, uh, uh, so for me, it wasn't, I wasn't worried. I wanted to come to the church. I wanted to be in the house of the Lord. Um, I felt this push behind my life to get my life into a place where I can account for it. And the smoking didn't stop me from coming. However, uh, you, you kind of get used to, you know, people accepting you. You kind of get used to the comfort. Ah, you know, you're not condemned. Uh, it's okay. At least you're doing it in public. Uh, there's other sin that happens in the, in the dark. Uh, so uh, it was okay for me for some time. And then this one Sunday, um, Pastor Tracy uh, was up here and uh, it was just after the worship. And she invited people who were struggling uh, with addictions. I was one of the, 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 the people, me and my wife. By the way, my wife struggled with the same addiction <laughs> that I was struggling with. <laughs> the reason why she's here is not just moral support, Pastor. <laughs> it's a joint testimony. <laughs> so uh, we came out and Pastor Tracy prayed. It was prayed that day. Um, however, it took some couple of weeks uh, when just suddenly one Tuesday morning I was at home. I was actually on leave preparing for another operation that was going to take was going to take place the, the following week. I was at home, relaxed, nothing wrong with me. And then just suddenly, I felt sick. A heavy fever. Heavy, huh? oh, oh yeah, we got the word in the morning. Uh, we did our devotion that morning from uh, Deuteronomy 32. And the word that we got is that God is jealous. Um, uh, and there are detestable things that needs to be removed. Uh, and when it's removed, it starts with the head. So when God starts with the house, it starts with me. So I was convicted <laughs> that morning. But, but in the, in the, in the uh, uh, space of the morning, I read some emails. You know, you on leave, but you never on leave. So I read some emails, and then as I was reading, all of a sudden I just felt a heavy fever coming over me. And I felt so sick. Uh, when my children came from school, I asked them, it, it felt like I was going to die, Pastor. It felt so strong. I never felt fever that way, that it actually went with the chest. I had chest pains. I couldn't smoke. Instantaneously, I couldn't smoke. I dropped the smoking because it was, it was hurting when you smoke. Um, the next day, I said to my wife, okay, she gave me some tablets. Uh, I said to her, look, you're going to need to get me something lighter, you know, with lesser... Still with nicotine, but just lighter. Lesser, lesser nicotine, and it's mental. You know, it, maybe it will help for the chest. <laughs> Can you believe it? Um, and it didn't help. It was, it was really sore. It was really sore. So, so I ended up taking the tablets. In fact, we went to the doctor. I got, uh, um, uh, yeah, I got some medication. And I slept it out. By the Thursday, around about the Thursday, uh, I wanted to take again cigarettes. I couldn't. I still couldn't. We came the Sunday. We came to church. During that period, I never took cigarettes. Um, we came the Sunday, Pastor No, I, I still had a flu that morning, but I, we came through. The Monday, I was about to go back to work before I went for the op. Um, and there's this usual stop where you stop at the robot. You know, if you're a smoker or if you have been into smoking, you'll know. <laughs> oh, I don't want to put you on the spot. I'm on the spot. <laughs> uh, 
the, the thing is you have your mental spaces. So at this particular robot, I will have my first cigarette for the day. And then when I get to work by 10 o'clock, I'll have my second cigarette for the day. You know, that kind of thing. And at the robot, the conviction came to me that, Juan, you've been praying our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Which will are you talking about? Because you've been giving your will to the cigarettes. Which will are you actually talking about? And that's where my authority as a believer was restored. Uh, in, in fact, the miracle took place when, when it was prayed for. The physical manifestation took place when the conviction came to say, um, you've been giving your authority away. And we the first day went by, my wife supported me. She stopped when I stopped. The second week went by, the second month went by. Pastor Paul said, I must uh, give a testimony on the third month because that's when you really know now you're done with cigarettes yeah they wanted to give a test me after about two weeks or so they said like, you go up and people will just laugh and they'll be like ah this guy will have a relapse and so uh last month was uh nine ten ten eleven months so we thank god for that and you um, desire for it. yes there's no desire for it i think i must encourage you if if there's anything that you're struggling with. Just think about your will. The will that God, the authority that God has given you in the earth. There are things you're praying for, you don't know why your prayers are not being answered. It's because you give the authority in what you speak to whatever you're addicted to. Okay. Awesome. And I'm saving money now. There's a lot of money I'm saving. Amen. <laughs> 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 My wife sounds like she wants to say something, Pastor. Go she for said. It. No, I just wanted to say, um, as my husband was saying, when he uh, started to quit, I just decided I can't be an obstacle for him. I have to support him in this. And in this way, I will also get my deliverance. Because I was feeling, you'd, sometimes you get to that point where you know this thing is wrong, but you're so caught up in it, you can't let go of it. And I was just waiting for the opportunity to come. And when that opportunity came, I grabbed it with both hands. And we supported each other through it. We prayed a lot, and uh, every time we speak to our kids as well, because that's only, it doesn't just affect us, it affects our kids as well. Mm. And for them nowadays, it's good for them to see that this is what our parents went through. This is, the, this is what they are showing us. So we must just follow in their footsteps. Yes. So children, they don't always take what you tell them, but they take what you show them. Guys, these are real issues that people face. And when it comes to addiction, there are many types of addictions, aren't there? So ask yourself, what is it that's grabbing a hold of you? And let's overcome it. You know what I find amazing in scripture? <clears throat> the Bible is so powerful. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 to 14, I want to encourage you. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. He will provide a way out. He gives you the ability. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Verse 12, it says, this is Paul speaking. He says, I have the right to do anything, you say, 
but not everything is beneficial. You know, with a lot of addictions, the Bible doesn't necessarily say, thou shalt not do X. But the thing is, the thing has you. So it masters you. So he says, yeah, I have the right to do anything. Some of you, there are many things you're pursuing right now that are weights. They're not sin. The Bible says, get rid of every weight. Not just sin. Get rid of sin and every weight. Those are the things that slow us down. Bible here says, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything. Watch this. But I will not be mastered by anything. I don't want anything to master me. I don't want food to master me. I don't want TV to master me. Come on, some of you look and say, ah, but these guys were smoking, but you're addicted to TV. I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there. I like this quote. The secret of your future is determined by the seed you sow today. The secret of your future is determined by the seed you sow today. Are you going to sow in the flesh or are you going to sow into the spirit? Are you going to sow into the flesh or are you going to sow into the spirit? Here's an example of someone who sowed into the spirit. Please, we want to welcome someone who's a first-time mother. Please welcome our dear sister, Tiddy, for her testimony. Yes, you, girl. Yes, you. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Paul. Morning, church. Good morning. Um, Okay, so this, this, what I'm going to tell you about happened over a period of two years. So I wanted to learn how to drive, right? So I go to driving school and all of that. When it's time for me to register to actually do my driver's test, my driving school instructor is like, listen, you're not going to get your drivers unless you bribe. You need to take out that 2.5. I'm like, mm, I don't think so. <laughs> so then I go, and then I try my luck, and then I fail. I'm like, ah. It's fine, Lord, we'll, we'll do this again. So then I go again, I thought, I think to myself, let me practice a little bit more, maybe I'm not ready. So I practice a little bit more, and then I go register again so that I can um, do the, the test. So as I'm there in Randburg, this lady says to me, um, oh, you're here to, to, to do your drivers. I'm like, yeah, I just registered, whatnot. And she says to me, uh, are you going to take out the bribe? I'm like, no. She's like, hey, good luck with that because you're not going to get it. <sighs> so I'm there. I'm like, and then I call my husband. I'm like, guess what the devil just said to me now? <laughs> <laughs> and like the devil is telling me you're not going to get it. Take out the bribe. I'm like, okay. I'm like, you know what? Maybe the first time I wasn't ready, we'll do it again. I do it again. I fail. And then the instructors are so impatient with you. They look angry all the time. I'm like, I'm like, Lord, we're going to try this one last time. So I go there the third time. And I you're meet... driving okay. Your driving is yes, fine. Yes, my driving is fine now. Now the third time, I'm like, Lord, please. I'm like, Lord, I need to have a testimony. I need to tell somebody that you can do it without driving. And then the third time I get there, I also meet um, somebody there. Uh, and I think she was disappointed because she's like, I drove fine. This other white lady, I drove fine. I don't know what's the problem. Show me. Show me where I did wrong. And she was really upset. I'm like, oh, geez, this is really what I need to see. But anyway. Um, and then 
so and then I'm having a conversation with the Lord. I'm like, Lord, I prepared. I know how to drive now. Please help me. This needs to be my testimony. I'm like, Lord, if I don't make it this time, I feel like I might just bribe. Please don't put me in that position. I'm like, please don't do it. <laughs> so then I go the third time and I fail. And I'm like, but Lord, we spoke about this. I told you, what am I supposed to do now? And then I'm telling my husband, I'm like, look, I'm not going to spend more money back and forth testing and doing all of that. He's like, no, you need to do the right thing. Do you think doing the right thing is easy? It's not easy. I can imagine the saying that. No, you then, need to do the right thing. And then he said, the right if you have to spend 10 grand, but knowing in your conscience that you did the right thing, then it's fine. You, you might take out the 3.5, but your conscience won't be well. Praise and God for good husbands, eh? Yes. <laughs> and then I was there and I was thinking to myself, but I, I really don't, I just don't want to do this again. I don't want to be disappointed again. I don't want to put up my hopes again. Trusting in the Lord again and then going there, having these conversations with the Lord again and telling him, Lord, please, like, please, I want to do the right thing. Please help me. Help me, Lord. And then... Um, I remember after the third time on my way back um, home, I was in a taxi, and then there was this um, Maskandi song playing. Basically, the song said, what is the point of succeeding but doing it in a very corrupt way? I was like, Holy Spirit, I don't feel like talking to you right now. <laughs> I know you're speaking to me, but I don't feel like talking to you right now. So then I go home, and I'm just like, ah, okay. So then my one cousin is like, why don't you try coming to Mpumalanga? Because you'll get a fair shot. And then I'm like, okay. My husband is like, no, Mpumalanga is far. We'll just keep trying here. I'm like, look, I am tired. If we have to try something different to get there, then let's try it. Then we go to Mpumalanga. And then I do my registrations and all that. And I test. And then I'm like, Lord, this time, you know what? If I get it, I, I get it. If I don't, I don't care anymore. I'm just going to trust you and I'm going to be calm. And I was so calm as I was testing. Like, the instructor was like, they're not, they're not the nicest people. I don't know if there's instructors here, but they're not like the most friendly people. <laughs> but, and, and I was just testing there, and I'm doing my thing, and I'm like, I have this peace that I can't even explain as I'm, I'm testing. And I do everything. Not even when I was practicing did I th do things that perfectly. I'm like, you know what? And he's busy writing there. I'm like, you know what? If you minus points, whatever. It's whatever. <laughs> so, and I'm driving, driving in the yard, out of the yard, and then I go back in. And then he looks at me and he's like, how do you think you do? I'm like, look, I tried. I tried my best. That was my best. He's like, well, congratulations, you passed. I'm like, Lord Jesus, thank you. <laughs> and then my husband is like, how did it go? I'm like, I passed. I didn't have to pay bribe. You were right, love. I just need to give it one more shot. So I just want to encourage you. Sometimes it's really, really not easy doing the right thing. And it will cost you sometimes. And you will be broken sometimes. But persist. The Lord will see you through. Maybe not in your time. Who knows? Had I got the license in the first time, who knows what the Lord was protecting me from. Mm -hmm. So just persist and do the right thing. Yeah. Powerful. Powerful. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's just rescued and saved someone. And here's a powerful scripture for that. Exodus chapter 23 verse 8 says, you shall not take a bribe for a bribe blinds the clear-sighted and subverts the cause of the just. 
We can't be praying in church for justice while doing things that are not just. Amen. And the thing is, here it might be talking about someone taking a bribe. But when you then give the bribe, you are enabling someone to sin. Amen. All right. And the Bible says a lot about that. So let's walk in righteousness. Um, thank you for sharing that, CD. And now for the last testimony. Are we going to show the clip first? Is it clip first or testimony first? Okay, cool. Cool. Come on, Sean and Sunera. One of my favorite couples. <laughs> Do you hear what Sean said? He says, I thought we were the favorite. You know, it's, it's tricky saying certain things, you know, in church, because in church there's some people who struggle with jealousy. I just want to say firstly that this is actually very special this whole um, testimony thing because it just feels like a family it feels like we're all just sitting here in a in a lounge you know like at a go group yeah. knows. we're just sitting sharing sharing things you know amongst family which is really yes. cool because it's not there's nothing wrong with a person preaching but uh, it's not like just we're all just sitting here coming to listen to someone preach Amen. so it's really powerful and yeah I think it's cool um, so for us, uh, our testimony is a little bit different. It's not necessarily God answering prayer, but I think it's just as powerful because it's, it's, um, it's God honoring um, a commitment to self-discipline. And yeah, like Sanera will share a verse now, now which, which speaks to it, but it just shows that God really honors things when you plan it and you put it in, uh, put it in his court. So for us... Um, in April, towards the end of April, we were feeling really like de-energized, not feeling the greatest. Um, Sonera even was at a point where she felt so tired that she actually had to go to a doctor to go find out what's wrong with her because she's just not in a good state. And we just felt like uh, we needed to do something to just get ourselves right. Um, so what we did, and this is quite exciting, uh, is that we decided for the month of May we were going to do a 30, 31-day fitness challenge um, and eating and reading the Bible. <laughs> Let me not forget those things. Um, <laughs> so it was ba basically um, spending the whole month, uh, every single day of the month, training, every single day of the month eating healthy, which was uh, literally just eating meat and vegetables and drinking water no other dodgy things um, <laughs> and uh, yeah and basically that's what it was about but the whole idea was we really wanted to commit to something and give it to God um, we planned it all out very very well shout out to my brother Sipo over there <laughs> for helping me with the planning um, because we I'm a bit of a procrastinator um, what I do is I come up with these very big ambitions and goals, but then I, and I start off nice and strong, but then as it goes along, you just want to give up, you know, and you don't finish strong. Um, and this time we said it doesn't matter what happens, it doesn't matter that it's winter, it doesn't matter that it's freezing, it doesn't matter if we get hurt, it doesn't matter if we get sick, we are going to do this. And the funny thing is that during this thing, we actually did get sick. On the fourth day already, I got sick to the point where 
I couldn't do anything. And I just, I remember on the Saturday morning, I woke up and I just said, you know what, God, we've committed this thing to you and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna back down. So I just slept the whole day and then we woke up at night and we trained. <laughs> so God just honored that and like I felt great and that was it. The sickness was gone completely. And then other things were like, um, Sonera got hurt her shoulder at one point when we were training and I hurt my lower back and it was really, really, like I can't explain to you, so much pain that it feels like you, you can't do any sort of training. But God somehow just heals us, like literally, we pray to him, we say, we've committed this to you, we're going to carry on training, please just help us, and he did. And it's amazing how when you commit something like this to God and you give the, you say, we're gonna, it's going to be about discipline, we're going to put in the effort, and he just honors it. So really cool. Um, and then in terms of some of the benefits that we got out of this, like an unexpected thing was that we ended up spending basically like an hour a day training, but just together. And we never expected that our relationship was going to um, improve as a result of this. And I mean, how strong is our relationship as a result? It's, it's ridiculous. Like <laughs> Ridiculously strong. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I love my wife, and Pastor Paul will tell you, I spend a lot of time with my wife, I dedicate a lot of effort to my wife, but this was something different because I was also coaching her and teaching her things and, and seeing her progress from not being able to do specific skills to, be to being able to do them. And like that kind of thing really brings a husband and wife close together because it's, it's like I'm building her up. I'm Ooh. taking her to her next <laughs> level. Yeah. So really, really... Um, I'm very proud of her as well. It was a really cool uh, experience, and yeah, our relationship definitely grew significantly. And by the way, the thing that we were doing is called calisthenics, in case anyone doesn't know. <laughs> uh, calisthenics is a body weight training, so you can do it wherever. We didn't have to go to a gym to do this. We were literally doing this at home. Um, and the benefits that you get from it is just incredible. So yeah. And train with your cat. Train Okay, guys, I just wanted to share um, a bit, uh, just from my side, quickly to end off. Um, but also, can we do a planking challenge? <laughs> no, I was just testing you guys, but I'm just saying, someday, I mean. Pastor Tracy? <laughs> She'll always be game. Yes. Um, just from my side, um, I've always been a procrastinator, actually. Um, I don't have, or I don't typically have that strong mindset to give it my all and push through. And so we wanted to use exercise as a practical way to just, you know, practice discipline. Um, even with, as Pastor Tracy spoke about running, I love running, it's my like love language. Uh, we need to add a love language to the five for me. Um, but I never really give it my all. And um, I'm, I like to see instant results. <laughs> Um, and it doesn't always work that way. And so when we planned this out, the benefits that came, it's just exercise. I mean, God honored, honored our like 31 day exercise challenge. I mean, really, he, he cared about that. Um, but it was, it was a lot bigger, bigger than that. So I just wanna share um, um, a verse that we used as we were, were training. Hmm. Um, so it's 1 Corinthians 9 um, from verse 24. It's funny enough that it speaks about running and exercise, but, but we'll, 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 we'll go through it. 
Um, don't you realize, this is Paul speaking, um, that in a race, everyone runs only one person. Oh, let me just start again. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with, a pur with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that, I, that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. And so I'd just like to encourage um, all of you. Um, I mean, the thing that we were doing was not for some eternal prize. Um, but each and every one of us sitting here, um, you know, God designed us with a purpose and a plan in mind. And we all have our own race to win. And we've got to be disciplined. Um, we've got to push through. Um, can you imagine if he could honor just our little exercise plan, how much more would he honor um, our plans and our commitments to what he's called us to? Mm. Um, so yeah, just like to encourage you. And if you want any exercise tips, there's a lot of fitness people here. I think it's important to also take care of your bodies and take care of your take care of your health. Thank you. Awesome, 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 awesome. You, you know what what that process did to this couple? Uh, I was having dinner with them the other day. I'm just showing off that we have dinner and stuff. But I was having dinner with them the other day, and they said you know what, now we just feel like we can do anything. We can literally do anything. And Sean says, I'm basically looking at all the verses in the Bible to do with finances. I'm doing a study in scripture just around financial management, etc. You know, he's a CA and that kind of thing. And Sunera, she's just studying a whole lot of stuff on identity. That's what she's pursuing. So when we pursue certain things, it's amazing how it takes us to our next level. And I've got some powerful quotes to end off. For those of you who struggle with exercise, just remember, sweat is just fat crying. <laughs> okay. Another good one is this one. Pain is just weakness leaving the body. Pain is just weakness leaving the body. Another one, I'll make for ladies, I will make sweat my best accessory. I will run harder than my mascara. <laughs> Someone once said, discipline is the bridge between goals and accomplishment. Discipline is the bridge between goals and accomplishment. You know what discipline is? Discipline is where you pre-decide to follow through and do what you had pre-decided to do and what you had pre-decided is best for you despite your emotional state at the time. That's what discipline is, all right? And then finally, setting goals is the first step in turning the invisible into the visible. So it starts off with goal setting. And Paul, you can come up and resume your playing. And please remember, guys, that uh, if you want to join his academy, you can join, just speak to him afterwards, amen. I think it's probably best afterwards you stay up here and then they'll come up. I think that'll be a best position for you. I also want to encourage you guys. Uh, remember Pastor Chooks came with some powerful material uh, last week. Please, please, please. Our resource center is now through this door. Um, the door close to the exit door. Okay, it's in that room there. And you can actually purchase uh, some of those resources. Right? If you missed out last week's message, it was so powerful. 
right, on tapping into God's resources, and it's there on YouTube. Just go to www.gochurch.co.za, and you can always catch up with our messages. Amen. All right. Um, I want to pray now. Every head bowed, every eye closed, please. Father, we thank you for all these powerful testimonies. We thank you for the faith that is ignited in us. Lord, we celebrate what you're doing in our brothers and in our sisters. And we pray that you may do it also in us. I pray for strength for each person that is here today, that has been inspired by these testimonies. I pray, Lord God, for your grace to be abundant, to assist us in going to our next level. I speak blessing over this congregation and this people. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.